1: Is that, who's that? I know that guy.
2: Mm. M'Baku. Is that M'Baku
1: from Black Panther?
2: (laughs) You trying to make him, not his head, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, It's like like our
1: audience is an infant and we're just being like, (laughs) who wants an apple? Hey, what's up to all our sidekicks and infants out there in the Geek Nation? You're, goo goo ga ga. you're listening and slash watching the uh, Cult Pop Spoiler Alert podcast on Sunday mornings at 10:30 a.m. We're here every week just for you. Uh, I'm here at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. It's a comic shop called Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. I myself am Johnny Destructo. You can call me JD or, if you're so inclined, Jadles. With me this week is Umbaku okay we're not allowed to do do that that. (laughs) we're not allowed (laughs) to do that
3: i i did it i i tried to throw my voice that's their that's their
2: word down to the other screen
3: oh
0: that's wakandan sorry
1: (laughs) also also with us this week is len aka the bat Tribble.
0: (laughs) what's up everybody let's do some comics
1: brian
2: Hey, 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 I'm I'm on board with Len. I second it. Let's do some comics.
1: All right, and no. Oh, what do you say? I say we don't talk about comics. You're the tiebreaker here. What do you say? I mean, I've
3: been doing comics. Oh,
1: snap! You mm. can't see what's
3: happening underneath the frame. So mm. join the party. Yeah, I've been here. Um, mm.
1: All right. Uh, normally, we would I would throw it to the letters section of the show, but we don't have any letters. Oop, oh, we got comments. Sam David says, hello, everyone. Robert Monroe (laughs) says, good morning, with three exclamation points. Mm. And then Mars Comics says, hey, gang, good morning.
2: Good morning, and hello.
1: Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, Let's get on to the show. We're going to start with Abbott, 1973, number one, from Boom Studios, written by Saladin Ahmed, with art by Sami Kavela. In a new series for fans of Something is Killing the Children and Bitterroot, Saladin Ahmed, the visionary writer behind Miles Morales' Spider-Man and Sami Kavela, the acclaimed artist behind Tommy Gun Wizards, reunite for the must-read Supernatural Thriller. Detroit's hardest-hitting journalist, Elena Abbott, is trying to make a fresh start at a new newspaper, but her deadly past isn't ready to let go. The city is days away from the historic election of a black candidate as their new mayor, but a vicious new group has emerged to destroy him, targeting anyone who supports his campaign or the change he represents. That means Abbott, who discovers the group's connection to a dangerous dark magic, has been targeted for certain death, unless she embraces her true power as the light bringer to save her city. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a sequel series to Abbott, also done by Saladin Ahmed, uh, from I wanna say maybe about four or five years ago. Uh, We reviewed the first issue here on the show and we all enjoyed it. And then I lost track of it and never finished it up. Thankfully, this new comic series has uh, like a two or three page primer (laughs) at the beginning of it, mm-hmm. to let you know exactly what happened in the previous series. And I think they should always do that with a secondary series like this. Um, and I, I thought the series was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot of things that they're dealing with in this series, um, not the least of which being magic, um, but also sexism, racism, all, all, the, all, the good, the, all the good stuff. What did you guys think, uh, Brian? Brian?
2: Uh, I liked it. So I did not know that it was a pre-existing series. I did not know about the pre-existing series, I should say. But the subtitle, 1973, you know, lets you know. But that also made me think it was a prequel. Uh, uh, You know, a notion which I uh, lost as soon as I read through the the thing that you mentioned. So I was pretty appreciative of that as well. Um, And... Uh, I have a question. Is this lawyer, uh, lawyer, mayor, mayoral candidate? This is a factual. This is an actual thing in Detroit. Does anybody know uh, from this time? I don't, uh, it's,
0: I I mean, don't believe so. Like it would be, but. I don't believe so.
2: Oh really? Oh okay. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think the art is really good. The way that they show the magic, especially the the uh, nefarious magic, the purple, it's kind of uh, cloudy stuff, it was cool. They're dealing with the different like sexual issues with her and her girlfriend um, and needing to hide that. And then uh, the new boss, it's hard to say which way that'll go, but it's, uh, it's not looking so great. Um, and it's, it's all done in a, in a very good way. And I thought the, uh, the twist at the end was, was pretty cool. I, I'm a little more interested in seeing what's up with the Lightbringer stuff. Right. But that may be partially me not having read the other series that, Like, they probably got pretty deep into the Lightbringer stuff by the end of the last series, and now this is the first issue of the next series. You don't need to show it that much. Um, I just wanted a little bit more because that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I like, is the supernatural and that aspect of the story.
1: Um, To answer your question, um, Coleman Alexander Young was an American politician who served as mayor of Detroit, Michigan from 1974 to 1994. Oh, wow first African American mayor of Detroit. Go. Uh there what was go. the name of the character of the mayor in this?
2: I don't think they, they said.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to assume it's Young.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, I,
3: they they kind of they straddle a magical realism in this like they, they um not unlike how uh the other history of the DC universe does where they take actual like real life events mm-hmm. in a timeline right. but then apply these these fictional characters to it, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I I loved this issue. I d- I also didn't read the first I also didn't read the first uh the first series, honestly, I never, I didn't know it existed. It, um, it happened way before I started podcasting with you guys. And then also even being aware of boom studios, hmm. um, this was like four or five years ago and they kind of had their boom in marketing <laughs> in just the past, like two. So I feel like maybe that first series was also underserviced. you know, like this amazing, this amazing comic came out and no one really talked about it or, or just in small circles. Um, so this is, this is awesome that they did this primer, like the, the first two pages were spectacular and it, even though it spoiled the previous series, still really wanted to read the previous series. Uh-huh. So it was like, oh, this is cool.
0: This is cool. But, um, well, the, we, the beautiful thing, the, one of the, the great things about the, the original, if you look at, go back to that cover, um, JD, the cover of this one is an homage to the cover to the original series oh. it was uh it's almost like that same scenery except uh the reporter is more settled and used to the supernatural world in which she inhabits in this now and in, in, in this cover mm-hmm. as opposed to previously because the um because I was a fan of the the original uh, I read it um and I saw it actually no it wasn't like blowing up, but it was definitely a book that was on radars in the circles and where I you know that I traveled in uh, when it came out and I was a big fan of it um got the whole series read it loved it, read it twice um it definitely is a period film and it's amazing that how, you know, um, how contemporary the art looks, it still feels very of its time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It really, it really like evoked exactly where it was set. Um, And opening up this issue, I saw that it was more of the same so much so that I was, you know, against the edict of the spoiler alert. I didn't read the book because I'm, I, no, I'm going to buy this whole trade, and I don't want to spoil anything about this uh, for me. I looked at it; it looked great. I was I walked right back into a world that I was very familiar with. Um, this the book I remember from the first trade had very much the vibe of this old TV show that my um, a good friend of mine back when I was a kid turned me on to the Night Stalker. Oh yeah. Started, sorry, Darren, <clears throat> Darren McGavin is a yeah Kolchak, <laughs> and he was just a reporter, like trying to find out about all this mysterious stuff going on um uh, in the world, and this series is kind of like has that same type of vibe, and I was like, oh man, this is like mm, mm, this is remember Barry is like the best <laughs> yeah, ice um, this,
3: this, this, this like stuff. the the genres that are that are are just super awesome, so it's like a noir black exploitation supernatural mm hmm it's just, it's super, super cool. And and like uh, you mentioned the art, I, I kind of want to point out some of the layouts in this book are spectacular. Like the storytelling from page to page is just ridiculous, mm-hmm. especially when magic is kind of introduced. But even before mm-hmm. that, the way that um, the artist plays with the panels, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, there's almost a little bit of J.H. William third in there sometimes it's where it's onset of paddle. Like it, it's just, it's so it's a very um, energetic book. You know, like and, it, and, it moves from panel to panel such a such a fun way.
0: And speaking to speaking to that, it 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 has fun with the panels, but not forsaking the pace of the storytelling. No, no, because no. as much yeah, as we yeah. we slow all, down
2: when it's supposed to, yeah, you're not turning yeah. the book around.
0: Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, because as much as we all love, like yeah, you know, yeah. you mentioned JH yeah. Williams, you get lost sometimes yeah. in his his panel work, and you're not, you're like, okay, but where am I in the, yeah, in the yeah. story? Yeah. Like yeah, this so, flows perfectly. So, so, doing something
3: like this is what this artist chose to do is almost mimicking the editing styles of 1970s black exploitation mm-hmm. and/or or detective movies, where a lot of montages or or panel insets or think yeah. of. Think of like the um, the opening credit sequence of a television show in the 70s. That's what it where is. It would have a lot of effects or, mm-hmm. or panels yep. or like, you know, newspapers over over the screen, like stuff like that, where they would play with the form
0: mm-hmm. to
3: just kind of like make things more energetic and kinetic. And the artist kind of does that in certain spots. And it's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, I invite you all to find the old 1970s detective TV series Mannix. Because the huh? opening credits to Mannix, this evokes a whole lot of it. Mannix, cool uh,
1: they mentioned, God, when did they mention that recently? I was watching a Quentin Tarantino film, and Quentin Tarantino mentions Mannix. Because um, mm-hmm. I had never heard My of it concert. until a Quentin Tarantino film.
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, you youngins.
1: Kolchak, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, is that starring the guy from um, Christmas Story?
2: Yes, yeah. Darren McGavin. Yeah. Wait, which guy from Christmas Story? The dad. The dad. He's the
0: father. Oh, uh, really? right.
2: I'll, I didn't know that was the same I'll guy. Tell, they um they
3: remade that show for one season on ABC, like 15 years, maybe even more. Um, with Pete Townsend. And it was by the, the dudes that did um uh, X-Files. It only lasted for 13 episodes. But they were pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. actually ha- I think I still have the DVDs because I watched it on DVD. Mm-hmm. I was like, this was a better show than most shit that doesn't get canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, But
1: yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on Abbott. Uh, I enjoyed this first issue a lot. Hopefully, I'd like to do uh, Abbott Volume 1 for Book Club uh, at the shop. Um, We'll see how that goes.
2: I read Uh, this uh, right after King and Black, and I thought it was interesting that there were very, very different, we'll get to King and Black later, very, very different stories. But there was this common theme of of, uh, dark and light. It was in both of them. What an unusual coincidence.
1: All right. Let's move on to the next book on the docket, which is Future State Nightwing, number one from DC Comics, from Andrew Constant and Nicola Scott. Batman is gone. Now, Nightwing has taken on the mission of keeping the citizens of Gotham City safe from the magistrate. But to do that, he'll have to stay one step ahead of the magistrate. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a good one. It's
3: a good first step. Uh, They probably could have dropped that just (laughs) one step ahead. Yeah.
1: And you know things have gotten bad in Gotham when the safest place for Dick to hide out is the abandoned Arkham Asylum. When Nightwing gets a visit from a mask claiming to be the new Batman, does he fight like one? Pick up this dark peek into the future by writer Andrew Constant and artist Nicola Scott to find out. I wasn't sure if I was going to bother with the Nightwing issue of Future State, but then Mm -hmm. Noel... Who had read it ahead of me was like, "Nah, it's good." So I did, and it was, it was good. I actually really enjoyed this. Um, I've I've enjoyed both Robin books so far, the Nightwing book as well as the Robin Eternal. Um,
0: but uh, what did you guys think, Len? Uh, it's it's a fun comic. It was it was fun. Like you know, again with these Future State books, I have set myself in stone that I, I don't care about where they're set because who knows where they're set uh, year wise in, in the, in this universe. So I just go in, figure out, well, you're someplace in this universe. So I'm just going to read the book. So going in with that, it was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. So it, it was, it was a fun little adventure comic. Um, it, I, I followed along. It was, it, it, you know let's, let's face it there's a little bit of a slight story to me i mean as far as like you know it doesn't have like a whole lot of heavy pathos or anything like that but that's cool i don't care it's just a dumb little like it's like uh it's keanu reeves as nightwing it's stuck in an adventure so i'm like and he's gonna he's gonna be fighting um you know uh kicking ass and taking names and i'm like all right it's cool um The new Batman shows up. Uh, He really shouldn't show up in full light because his costume looks even dumber in in the light. Um, It it just makes no sense to have that cow and then the the double double mask.
2: That part is a little weird. Yeah. It looks (laughs) dumb.
0: Yeah. Um, you can't knock the art. The art was very expressive and it's cool. Um, there's a little bit of eye candy for the for the ladies. Uh, uh, Dick Grayson's in a shower. Ooh la la. Um, it was a fun little comic book. I'm just like, yes, whatever. That That is a thing. That is an, a running
1: theme with Nightwing <laughs> yeah. is that on Twitter, p- people are so thirsty for Nightwing. Uh, and anytime Nicola Scott or um, any of the other uh, artists can draw Nightwing's butt. There's a whole <laughs> thing about Nightwing's rumpus. Uh, they're just mm-hmm. super into it. So uh, he's definitely eye
0: candy
3: um, whatever
1: yeah, he shows. I, up. I,
0: I, i'm I'm pretty sure that's editorial steam right there <laughs> that we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, it,
3: <laughs> it actually it is because if you um if you follow her on on uh, Instagram, like she she posts like pencils, and mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. there's no steam there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was yeah. so simple and and A to B and but in a, a very fun way. Like, here's the conflict. Here's your hero. Uh, go. Like it wasn't. It wasn't convoluted. It wasn't overly complicated. It was just seeing these characters in a new setting, and they were they were written like these characters uh, familiar with. And I love Nicola Scott's art. Yeah, this was just cool. And um, I really do like seeing this new the next Batman with with uh, with Nightwing I, I hope that they mm. expanded for a whole issue next because it is an unknown quantity but Nightwing is so confident and so kind of chill with him mm. that I, I found that refreshing it wasn't like a fabricated fight like you would have in, in other comics it was just like yeah, yeah I, I know I know you're the guy that's going on what do you want like <laughs> I was just like this is cool it was a, it was a really fun book can anyone tell me? I'm gonna
1: zoom in here for a second on the page, and I would like someone to explain to me uh, what Nightwing has on his head.
2: It's a the, wrestling the guard. The only not great part of his costume, in my opinion. I like All of this, a sudden, um, in
1: the future, he yeah. needs he needs something to protect his ears
3: and his chin. It's a, yeah. it's a wrestling chin guard, I, I, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's got practical use. It's just mm. different than what he would use before.
2: Yeah. I think he had put some straps also on the side. See, he's got some gray straps on the side, and so he felt free yeah. to add one to It's part of his
1: face. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just weird. Uh, it's a strange yeah. addition to the costume. It's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter in the long run, but I was just like,
3: huh.
2: Although the uh, costume itself is, I think is very cool other than that, and I could see being just his regular Nightwing costume. You know, yeah, some yeah. of them he's, I wouldn't say. But.
3: If he's five to 10 years older, it, like it's the costume is the same. However, instead of it being more leotard, now it's more utility. Oh. Yeah. and it's all yeah. pads on pads mm-hmm. as suppo- and armor as opposed to, but it still looks the same, which I think is a really mm-hmm. cool like upgrade yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. Because he's older. He's what yeah. Hmm? yeah.
1: What and do I- you think of um, this new Batman who does not have the same decades of going around the world training that Bruce Wayne did, being able to defeat Nightwing in hand-to-hand combat?
2: I mean, did he defeat did he? him? I mean... It um, seemed like Nightwing <laughs> had the drop on him.
0: Yeah, he's the one that's in, in chains. He's the one that's strapped to a suit.
1: Uh, Nightwing defeats him with electricity. He zaps him with a trap. They are grappling out of the shower and mm. Batman is, is the winner on that on that one.
2: Well, but you know, Nightwing, right? He's He would faint like F-E-I-N-T. I didn't, um,
3: I, yeah, he, I didn't take it as a, <laughs> I, like he, he, <laughs> he, he oh, jumped Batman. from- he jumps him when he's half naked and <sighs> he gets a couple of good hits, but Nightwing's just like, yeah, I yeah. mean, I plan for everything. And he,
2: okay. yeah, he yeah. knows he, where, he he knows where he's standing. And it, would say yeah, so. exactly. Yeah.
0: Ultimately, he got him where he wanted yeah. wanted him to yeah. be. Which is yeah. with his feet on the ground. Okay.
2: Yeah. And um, I, I thought that interaction was really cool, too. I didn't see it coming at all. I figured they would have... I mean, there's not that much... There's not that many issues to hold things off on. Yeah. But I was... I just figured it would be uh, more of a Nightwing solo story, but I was really glad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in contrast to Len, I like the Bat- this Batman costume a lot, except for that. It, it, it's weird, the thing it's in the mask. It's the Optimus the shield.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, although he cha- so there are little, it, yeah. I don't know if I called them <laughs> clues. There we go. <laughs> We're into uh, it. He's into that butt. Nightwing. Yeah. butt.
1: As a lady, I am very <laughs> thirsty for that.
3: But <laughs> Well, no, it's 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 a it's a but it's got sparkles. <laughs>
2: um, the you know, there are there are hints, I guess, of where things take place. Like, I think this takes place even without that timeline, just like the way that they reference things. They say Dick Grayson at one point is an Arkham Asylum and he obviously isn't here. And I think Justice League is later than this. And Batman's costume is different in uh, in Justice League. And he's he's got that removed so that you mm-hmm. can see uh, you can see his skin. Um,
3: well, it's years
2: later, right? Like that's yeah, actually like twenty yeah, yeah. years after this. Yeah, or some—I don't know the exact time, but yeah, sometime later.
3: Or ten years,
2: twenty yeah. 50 years, fifty Everyone's yeah, dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool, and I may have even enjoyed him slightly more in this comic than I did in his in his issue this week. Although I like that too. Um, and yeah, I, I go along with the other guys. Like it's just like kind of a fun, it's just like Nightwing story, you yeah. know, like a a, a tale that uh, hits all the solid points.
1: And it's been it was I liked reading a, a good Nightwing issue after the fiasco that was his brain damage.
2: Rick Grayson. Rick Grayson, that's yeah. His I didn't name, read yeah. any of
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. We are Nightwing, or uh, but it was just like a. It ended up being like a, a whole army of Nightwings. And he still doesn't um, know who he is, but he knows he's Nightwing. He's know. one of
2: the nine. Oh, I'll tell you what. Also, the uh, twist at the end with Nightwing—you know, the like ruse within a ruse—that the magistrate, you know, Nightwing takes out the the sniper that was like looks like an extra guy, and then it turns out that that's just what they wanted. But then it turns out that that's just what Nightwing wanted at the end. I mm-hmm. thought that that was well well revealed in those like stages.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like that it. too. Yeah. yeah i oh sorry, I'm just looking at Babs's mask <laughs>
3: it's it's barely there, yeah, she just has uh, a couple
1: pieces of tin foil on her face,
3: but it's it's also it's also not unlike the uh um the new fifty two designs where now the future state designs are just all chin straps, yeah, uh <laughs> instead of oh, just right. like just like they were all like giant collars. lines
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, but, go ahead. Um, I I uh, well I think it was in Batman Eter- or Robin Eternal last week where they mentioned you know and Dick is is running around in Arkham. Uh, I thought that it, he went crazy, so I thought that this book was going to be like his adventures in Arkham. But then like that nice reveal that like oh no no, no his base of operations oh, is yes. defunct Arkham. I was like yeah, oh yeah. thank God because I mean as much as I, as much as as Nightwing is great, he gets shit on a lot. Like mm. by editorial shits on him hard. Like, uh, who can we kill? Nightwing. Yeah. Well, Antio we wanted face? to. Nightwing? He was like who famously wanted
2: to kill him yeah. for who years. Who can we just des-
3: destroy? Night- like Nightwing just yeah. gets destroyed constantly. So I, I like the idea that they didn't just make him like um, uh, mentally incapable mm. or seeing things well, or sh- whatever. Yeah.
0: Well, ultimately, like that's the shame of. Robin, right? I mean, it's unfortunately Robin is too pop dick Grayson is too popular for them to, I mean, mm. to get rid of, which is why when dad and daddy don't want to kill him, people were like, uh, no, dog, right. um, you can't kill him, but. He is, he's stuck because he can't mature but so much because then he makes Batman that much older, you know? Mm. Um, and he's But he still has to stay kind of like the big brother to the nine other Robins and shit. And he also has to stay within, you know, striking distance to maybe bounce back around with his Teen Titan pals. So he's, he's really like, he's stuck like, in all corners like at one time when it was just batman robin and he was teen titans okay they shunted him off to teen titans let him grow but now he's his own thing and he's got his t- tendrils connected hmm. not so many places they don't know what to do with him they don't know what to do with any of the See, I, I think two, that th- works
2: th- though for him oh, uh, go th- ahead. two
3: two things one um up until like any and up until the most recent reboot um him and batman were Very close to the same age, because I think it was Snyder that de-aged Batman. Like, he went into a different body with the Dionysian and garbage. Mm -hmm. So, they're kind of like, they were peers at that point for for a little bit. Like, they were essentially, like, maybe just five years apart as opposed to 10 or 15 in age. And then now, hey, man, everything matters. So, you get it. (laughs) You get every story you've ever wanted, and every story is always told. Everything matters. Welcome to DC Comics. God damn it.
2: I think it's great, uh, personally. I think that's... But I also... I think Nightwing has... Um, I, I think Nightwing pulls it off in a way that I don't think any character has. Like, even Wally West, he became the Flash, right? And he, and that was very successful. Whereas Dick Grayson has become, like, a, a different character, an older version, occupying a different space. And I also like his, his role as, like, the the guy that everybody is friends with kind of in, you know, he's like, he's been around since the beginning, but he was a kid, but now he's an adult and he has this sort of mentory leadership role to like everybody who's not an original member of the justice league. Almost, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh,
3: I, you know what? I don't know. Like I, cause I went out for a minute. I don't know if you, I, you guys mentioned it, but I said it, um, in my thunder round for this book earlier this week, I loved the fact that there was no backups. This was just yes. an issue of a comic. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. The backups I, have been, com- and and so yeah. and, and now Callie Grace has asked a question: which are the top three future state series to read? Um, I almost don't want to say which ones I'm enjoying all that much because they've got backups that I don't like. So it's like the the issue itself is encumbered by a backup that I don't enjoy, even though the main story is great, right? So like I think because of that, my favorite it's been wonder woman with yara floor it was just one Mm. great issue and it's gonna like there's gonna be another one but uh but what do you guys think like do the anthologies the anthology nature of this kind of tar or tarnish it for you even though like there's you know the next batman that first issue was spectacular but it had Mm. two fine to terrible backups
1: I don't think either of the, I don't think the backups were terrible, but. Um,
3: I said Well, one was fine, the other one was terrible. Like uh, the Arkham Knights one was terrible.
1: Oh, I didn't think it was terrible. But um, uh, I would say uh, the Wonder Woman from Yara Floor, which I think Callie's already reading. I really enjoyed uh, Next Batman. I'm really enjoying Nightwing. And Dark I really, I, I,
3: what? Dark Detective, no?
1: Oh, and Dark Detective! That's the one I was Dark say that Detective was, really was great. And yeah. I really liked the first story of Justice League. I didn't like the backups. I don't remember what the backups were, but I remember
3: like wishing the whole episode was um, the Justice
1: League. It was Justice
0: League Dark. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I still haven't it was, gotten to it.
3: And it wasn't even a backup. It was a whole issue.
0: Like yeah. that was yeah. a
3: double sized issue. It was like yeah. Justice League and Justice League Dark. Mm. So,
2: which but, you know, I've been thinking about that. That there is a, a fairly classic uh, history of backups in comics. You, you yeah. know, for like mm-hmm. a long time, there were these backups, mm-hmm. and I always liked them. You know, back then I was you wanted there to be more because I was just buying their in, them in back issues, and you didn't always get all parts of the story. Mm-hmm. But so I don't think the idea of these backups being there is so bad. But I can't think of any of the backups that I have read and really liked.
3: The Grifter one.
2: Uh, yeah, the Grifter one was, was good. the
3: absolute best.
2: That one was good. The Grifter yeah,
3: one was, was great. great. I really Grifter. liked um,
1: the Batgirls one in prison. That was uh, mm, oh, the week. one, the one oh, that
0: we just get, read this didn't
1: week. Didn't get to it. Yeah. That's the next yeah, Batman this week. issue too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That reminds me let's move. Oh, does anyone else want to answer oh, Kelly Grace's? I'm saying, um, the yard Wonder Woman, the, uh, Nightwing and, uh, Oh,
3: good. Next Batman. Dark, dark, n- dark detectives. I think dark detectives is stronger overall yeah. than next. Batman. Yeah, so do I.
2: I'd say I I like Superman Wonder Woman a lot. And also, this is now three votes for the Yara Flora Wonder Woman. That really, overall, is the one that has stood out to me the Mm -hmm. most. Um, She's the
1: most original-seeming.
2: Yeah, and the story is... like the character is interesting. The designs are cool. Like the look of the book is cool. And the story mm. is cool. Like it has it outside of being a future state book. I'd be real excited about that
3: book. You know, Reading, and, reading yeah. her book. It reminded me of the same feeling I read the first time I read um, all new Wolverine, like that mm. first time Laura kind of broke out mm. into her own kind of character. And you really mm. got to like spend time with her. Like, mm. that's what that felt like. It felt like a, it, it was almost like punk Rocky. It was great.
1: Callie Grace. Uh, I can't remember. Callie Grace is a dear friend of mine. She actually drove to our house this morning and dropped off uh, two frozen meals for my wife and I because I were having a baby very soon. And I I didn't take a picture of it yet. But she knitted us a a baby blanket. And we opened it up and it is a giant spider web in (laughs) red and blue.
2: <laughs> nice. It cool. is.
1: Ju- I wish I, I. really wish I could. I sh- could show it to you. It, uh, we were floored. It was so cool. Um, but anyway, Callie Grace, if you haven't, I think she was reading all new Wolverine. But if you haven't, Callie Grace, you got to read all new Wolverine.
3: I. What? Well, I was going to say, I think her. I think her husband has it. Like we were talking, he's. I think he's going to get Cody. The, uh, yeah, Cody. Think, oh, Cody has Cody's down for the omnibus. I, I forgot. Think, I think Cody's down for it, so you'll oh. have it in your home soon. All right, Len's board. Go ahead, Len. What's your three picks?
0: <laughs> oh, I was ready to move on. Oh. Um, but um, but uh, real quick, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, read Wonder Woman, pick up Dark Knight Detective, and then fuck the rest. There you go.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's move on to the aforementioned Batman. I'm sorry, the Future State, The Next Batman, number two, from Vita Ayala, Paula Sevenbergen, John Ridley, as well as Emanuela Lupacino and Laura Braga. DC has this to say In this second Future State Batman chapter, wearing a mask in Gotham City is now a crime, and when it's compounded with murder, it can be a shoot on sight offense. Batman is on the trail of a murderous couple, but quickly finds that all is not as it seems and finds himself in the firing line of the magistrate and their peacekeepers. And I thought that the very beginning of this issue was fine. It picks up directly where the last one left off. And uh, it's like, oh, I'm wearing a mask and people are mad that I'm wearing a mask and they're chasing me. I'm gonna fight these magistrate peacekeeper agents. And I did, I was like, this is fine, whatever. And, but he's also investigating a murder. (laughs) And uh, that was cool. When we find (laughs) out the, uh, what would you call it? The um, reason for the murder, I went- Okay, motive. okay. And, uh, I, you, you know, I don't see this. Um, Len, correct me if I'm wrong. I have not seen this particular story in my Batman yet. Have you?
0: No, no, I haven't. Very so cool. It definitely was different. Yeah, yeah, it was different. What did you think? Um, I actually found myself, uh, first of all, slightly disappointed because Nick Darrington mm-hmm. only does breakdowns on this movie. On this one, um, so the art is not as strong as the the first issue, so that was a bit of a disappointment. That being said, the art is not bad, no, no, so no. I I powered through with it. Um, so I'm not I'm, I'm not knocking that. Uh, I felt that this also had a little bit of the um, Batman procedural type of type of vibe to it, mm-hmm. um, which I think works well with a way of introducing you to this new next batman and all you know how he differs from the batman you may you know you know and love and the story the the twist like you said jd the motive behind this murder is um motive and it being revealed to batman in the way that it is was like very shocking. I don't, I don't remember like in a Batman comic book. I don't remember like seeing that happen in pretty much any comic books that I've read I've ever read. So I appreciated that. So um, that was pretty dope uh, because the whole time I'm seeing it, I'm like, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, Oh, this is a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup, you know, uh, mm-hmm. r- right. You know what I mean? But, it, but like it wasn't, wind. it was, well, at least so far as we know it was, it's real. Um, so I enjoyed it again. I had to take my future state hat off and just, like, I'm not sure exactly where this is in the timeline of everything else that's going on, um, especially considering that, for the most part, this feels like this could be tomorrow in Gotham City mm-hmm. as opposed to 10 years and wherever the hell it is. You mean, like, look of,
2: like just the general look of things? Yeah, just the yeah, general yeah.
0: look and the feel of yeah. it, you know what I mean? It just doesn't feel futuristic at all, you know? It's not right. like, right. you know, Armageddon Like Even, even some of, this, even some of the, the the concepts that they're playing around in here is like, you know, he's talking about like, you know, burning his phones. Like that's something that I, right. I just re rewatched <laughs> The Wire, which is over 10 years old and they were talking about burning phones. So I'm like, this is doesn't seem super contemporary. Actually, but I'm just I flipping through
2: and it's all like... I have yet to encounter something just visually going through the comic that we don't have now. Yeah. Right. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean?
0: Yeah. So, but but that being said, that notwithstanding, I still found myself uh, enjoying it, enjoying the story. And I thought the art worked well with the story. Um, so it, it's a it's a fun comic. So Cassie, a uh, Callie, this may be another mm. book mm. that you may want to pick up. It's, yeah. I don't necessarily think it's the best. I still think Dark Knight yeah. Detectives just like really hit me harder. Mm-hmm. But this is still a, um, a a fun, fun book.
1: Yeah, John Ridley is is Yes, yes. I, a very good writer. Um also Callie. Uh, And and you know what, literally anybody who's asking, uh, probably one of the best comics from DC last year was a John Ridley first issue, and that was Mm -hmm. The Other History of the DC Universe. I cannot recommend that single issue highly enough. The second issue comes out uh, this week, this Wednesday. So um, anyway, anyone who's curious, definitely check that one out. And Todd Engel, homosexual, says the cover variant of Next Batman 2 gives away the mystery, and to be fair, the mystery was given away before Wait, next which, Batman which number 1 even are, came is? out. So
2: uh Oh, I thought he meant The mystery of who the, the Batman is, I assume? Of no. the What the people were up to. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: the motive? No. No. I think he means I needs mean, I, the, so the, I didn't the, know and I didn't see the suit.
2: variant cover and I was still pretty sure from issue 1 who it was. You know, what I mean, it was uh, it was hinted at very strongly.
3: Yeah. The um like, Len, you brought it up. I thought it was actually pretty interesting because I didn't think about it. Yeah, this book is supposed to take place, I guess, after Dark Detective because it's a couple mm-hmm. years past that Batman, and it doesn't it, it doesn't look more future forward than that book, you know. Mm-hmm. So like that, the worlds don't necessarily match, but it's not it's not really a super deterrent. I mm-hmm. I do love that his way of doing the job, um, this Batman's way of doing the job, is very is very on the ground. Like his, his person in the chair is essentially just like jumping from, from cell phone to cell phone and, and, uh, and you know, just it's, it's really, it's, it's really innovative. Like it's, I think, it's so simple. It's innovative because we're used to Batman being so incredibly complicated with his technology. This is literally just a guy on the street with a functional cell phone being able to jump from, from phone to phone and just take pictures of things. I, I thought it was really cool.
2: I think that's actually one of the more futuristic parts of it, and we, we knew going in uh, just from the solicits that he wasn't going to have all the resources that mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne has as Batman. I thought that this was a really cool reason, right? It's not that he can't access the satellites or whatever, and maybe he can't, but the reason is that their technology is advanced enough that they can track him whenever he is doing anything mm-hmm. that's not low tech, and uh, I think that's an interesting it's an interesting hook. Um, I, I was glad that we knew that Nick Darrington wasn't going to do it because I found myself a little bit, you know, partway through saying like, oh, this is still pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it captures a, a similar feel, um, and, uh, is good. I felt weirdly, I felt, um, the character of Batman, he had like a slightly different voice, I felt. And that might just be John Ridley, you know, this is the second issue, he's written him a little bit more. Did any of you guys... Pick up on that. He I just think seemed he's, to talk a little different. I,
3: I, the impression I got throughout the, like, the context of the whole thing is that he's still struggling with his voice as Batman. Because uh-huh. he will repeat things in his head, in his, in his text dialogue boxes, and then actually say mm-hmm. it out loud. I think he's figuring out
2: yeah, that's how interesting. his Batman I, I like yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Um, but uh, seeing the, the – this costume is just so freaking good. I love yeah. this costume. I would buy yeah. an action figure of this costume.
1: I'm sorry. weren't I, I was about to say I like this costume. Wasn't pe- weren't you guys ragging on the costume a minute ago? No, I wasn't.
2: I was saying the costume's really awesome. It's the the mouth- only oh, part, oh the the cow thing is a little weird, but I no, I think it's a great costume.
1: I like the way the cow works here more than it does on uh, the other artist in Nightwing. Um, and the way the Nightwing artist drew it, Nicola Scott, it almost had like it was like he had a. Um, Fabric. It was cloth. On, yeah, it was yeah. fabric. It was like cloth. It, it's like he had the regular Batman cowl, but then had a cloth on underneath of it. Mm. But this one, you can see um, the mouthpiece is just of... as shiny as the cowl. Yeah,
0: it's more of a shield. It's a full hey, I like this. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah, notice these it's, it's a...
2: before, but on the on the bat symbol, I like the little yellow things around the outside. I think that's a cool yeah. update. But I didn't notice the gray blue lines running down. That's cool. That's a
3: you know, it's a, a very slightly futury thing. This is a crazy slick, really yeah. great costume. Um yeah. I, I wonder who did these designs. I know that Dan Bora did a lot of like the the introductory designs of the characters, but I don't know if he designed all the character costumes. Right. Well, it's
2: um, also a good way to address the underwear on the outside. You know, the
3: Oh yeah
1: that it never quite looks
2: right without that break in color, but also sometimes you wonder why he does that but this handles it very well.
0: Um,
1: All right, let's move on to, uh, oh, we're gonna have a Tom King DC corner. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Noel wrote out the uh, the notes for this and he wrote wrote, Tom King DC corner. (laughs) (laughs) I knew knew you'd hate it. Um. (laughs) Uh, Batman Catwoman number two from DC comics from Tom King and art by Clay Mann. Phantasm has come to Gotham City. Andrea Beaumont, the one-time love of Bruce Wayne, is looking for her lost child, and she's pretty sure the Joker is involved. So, who better to have as an ally than the Batman? And what better way to get Batman than through the Catwoman? It's a knotted history for this costumed quartet spanning past, present, and future. What the Joker did to Selina Kyle at the beginning of her career will have deadly consequences at the end of their lives. Tom King's ultimate tale of the Dark Knight kicks into high gear as the story roars down the avenues only hinted at in the pages of Batman. Uh, this is great. I love it so much. I wish his run on Batman was better. <laughs> um, what, what did you think, Len, the Bat-Tribble?
0: Um, look, man. Like like, like tom, tom tom king might be making me re- rethink some things man because know. uh what about the your life pretty, or the, nah the thing about him because oh. shit was shit was pretty dope man this shit was oh, pretty dope nice. i mean um i i enjoyed it um i definitely I, I i went back to to the issue one to just re or you know re you know get get back into the world, especially because of the way the the, the story jumps times back and forth. Um, so I wanted to get myself set up, you know, like, all right, what's the color cues for this time? So I know going forward. Um, and this one was, I was right there. It's a little bit more action in this one. Um, the art, I can't, I mean, mm. you can't knock the art, you can't knock the coloring of it, you can't knock the, like, everything. It's another book that I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know, JD's going to be mad at me. I might only be reading a couple more issues <laughs> before I have to put this down for the trade, man, because I don't want to spoil too much more, man. Wait, how um, many issues is this? Twelve.
2: Think it's 12, right? Oh,
0: yeah. really?
3: Um, yeah. And I doubt mm-hmm. that they're going to collect it at 6. They'll probably wait mm. for the whole shebang just like they do with all of Tom King's books.
0: Lately, I don't care if they collected at six. I'm I'm not I'm not even I'm they collected a six. I don't care. I'm not buying it. I am waiting for the 12. I'm waiting (laughs) for the, for the freaking absolute, because I want, there are some panels, there are some pages in here that I just want on full exposure. Look at that lake extension right (laughs) there. Oh my God. That is just so beautiful. The panel layout, the action, the cut to the eyes, you know, this is a little like, but I'm with it, you know, it's cool. And it, it, and you don't mind it because that is Catwoman's personality and it's not her in her costume. And But it still is cool because that's very Joker. Um, yes. Am I tired of the Joker? Yes. But this at least, it seems for the first time in a long time to be doing something truly different with the Joker. Yeah. It looks like there is consequences for the Joker. Um, I'm, I'm digging it. I don't know if I still 100% am on board with what's happening story wise with the Aunt Angela's character and the um Andrea whatever what you mean Andrea yeah, Andrea take me a second wait
2: what is uh, Andrea
0: Beaumont and you, you know the yeah I, I don't know if I'm 100% am feeling it yet or truly understanding it but right uh, but I but I I'm go there I am I'm, I'm I'm trusting um because the packaging and the writing is so on point and because you know, as much as I love Batman, I think I think Batman and Superman, some to a degree, have grown to such iconic stages that sometimes the best stories of theirs are told from different perspectives. And this one seems very much to be told from Selena's perspective. Oh yeah, and I'm appreciating that because I'm a true Catwoman fan, so I'm digging it.
2: Yeah, Len. There was a time when I when I thought I don't know maybe. Early two thousands, I was like, you know, Batman and Superman really these days work best when they show up in a story, but mm-hmm. not always when the story is about them. And then some ensuing stories after that time made me made me change my mind about that. But I definitely see what you're saying. They're so archetypal, they're like story elements sometimes more than right. they are characters. Right. Yeah. Um hey, did you guys notice that Selena has the same shoes when she is a young woman and an old woman? I mean, she really likes that style. Really? No. And it works for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did notice that. Yeah.
0: I, did, I did notice that especially going back to the first one. And I was like, because as an older woman, Selena still likes her heels. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I ain't mad at you, girl. Yeah. I ain't mad at you.
3: <laughs> there's a um uh, is, is everyone here familiar with Joseph Campbell? Yes. art of yes. storytelling. Um there's there's a there's a piece in the book about third acts um uh and how if you can land the plane and wow the audience, they'll forgive any kind of like misgivings or issues with the second Mm. and first act. Mm. This Mm -hmm. is an expansion. This is Tom King's run. Mm. This is, this is him landing the plane because like they, and it's not even like conjecture. There's flashbacks in this book to his run. This is a direct continuation. Mm. So I said
2: it too, outside of the story. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. What's up? I'm what are the flashbacks
1: to his run? Um them in the church.
3: Them. Uh oh right, the church. Also her um like breaking into the his little layer with him on top of toys, I think that's part of it too. Oh, these are, it? I don't remember that. These are direct continu this is a direct continuation and that continuity. So like this is gotcha. this is explicitly the end of his run, and I love how he's pulling all the pieces together. Um and I love that Even though there was a good chunk of that run that was, I think it's, I think it suffers from double shipping personally. Like the fact that they Mm. had to stretch a 50 issue story out into a hundred or into 85 or a hundred, which they should never have done. But I like the fact that this is the shaping up to be a wonderful swan song of what like the reasons for his entire run was supposed to be the Batman and Catwoman relationship. And I love it. I love it. Mm.
1: Um, oh, oh, also, are you saying no that
0: are you saying no that editorial got in the way of telling the story better? Probably.
3: <laughs> but um I, I do want I also want to point out like uh, I had I had a mild argument with somebody online about this about this issue explicitly, and they were going on and on about how Selena Kyle would not give two shits about so her her motive essentially for coming after the Joker is that something happened to Andrea Beaumont and her son. And it was something so terrible that she kept it with yeah. her forever. And the the person online was was going on and on about how it's bullshit. She would do that. She wouldn't give a shit. And she would only do it if it was maybe Bruce's son. And I was like, Have you ever read Catwoman? She has historically been right. an advocate for for women yeah. and for uh, for homeless and for downtrodden. She yeah. protects her neighborhood and all of the, like the working girls in her neighborhood. Like this is. The core of her character being able to, or or wanting to hold on to this grudge because whatever did happen, it was so terrible, and it doesn't have to be connected to Bruce genetically. She right. literally just right. kept her. She's keeping her promise, and now that he's passed, all bets are also, off.
1: Also, I-, I wasn't even getting that it was particularly that things. Um, I'm sorry, specifically that event with Andrea Beaumont, as it was. She has just wanted to kill the Joker for a very long time, and if. If Batman had killed the Joker years ago, like he ought of, in her eyes, a lot more people would be alive.
3: I thought, it, like, I, I, it's either in this issue or the last issue. I thought she she does say in the old conversation with him, she mentions Andrea. Like, okay. I, she does, anything I still that got was the sense straw, of a, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's, it was what, like, that's what I mean. I don't think it was just it. that.
3: I think it was yeah. yes, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes. Yeah, yeah but, but like to to yeah. to to postulate that this is not in line with her character, I thought was absolute bullshit. This yeah, is a hundred percent Selina Kyle.
2: And honestly, even if even if it hadn't been, which it which it very much is, this like she's in a relationship with Bruce Wayne, and this is many years later, and this is the story that is being told and yeah. we're in issue two. I so, I, just, I think I took offense yeah.
3: to the the idea that it had to be like they they were taking autonomy away from her and mm. her choices because it had to be you know related to bruce explicitly it must have been bruce's yeah. son that was killed it must have been bruce or yeah, right, like yeah. it if anything this book is not about batman yet at all right and yeah, I, much more her. I, yeah. I, I i took offense to them trying to take that away from her i was like no this you know is what perfect. Is it,
0: it, and i and, and i think you i think you're right to feel that way no however just you know you know playing devil's advocate let's not act like you know you know Things get set up in a certain oh, yeah. way, and then by issue eleven, we found out that it is was in fact, yeah. you know, <laughs> Bruce's son. Oh, yeah. You know, because they because they do do point. dumb things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So somebody could be just like going ahead trying to 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 suss the story out. Uh, mm-hmm, you know what yeah. I mean? I so I just, um, I
3: I'm after only two issues to completely try and undermine her mm-hmm. autonomy was just so silly to me.
0: But, but is that a, speaking a, of?
2: Of her autonomy. Can you show the scene where she uh, appears behind the Joker? It is very well drawn. Yeah. Um, Oh. And I just think it's a great scene. You've got what almost look like movement lines, but they're lights from the blinds. I think Mm -hmm. it's just like very cleverly done. And these like pillow uh, feathers everywhere. I'll admit, I was like, you're going to take a a drink from the Joker? That seems unwise. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, she was one step ahead.
3: I, I forget because Clayman has been first of all I forget how great the art in Heroes in Crisis was even though oh, it was awful the art was, was so good. super spectacular like he would do what, what was it the, the title pages were always the best part of the book yeah Um, and he's been squirreled away doing this since then because they wanted to solicit it when a lot of it was in the can so like I, I kind of forgot I've missed him I guess yeah
1: he's great look at oh man look at this this middle panel here with the Joker and the gun. Yeah, yeah. God damn, that's like a movie poster.
0: This yeah. is a well. Well, there are pages in here that feel like in and, and panels that feel cinematic. That page right there, it, it you feel like you, like that looks like a still from a TV series. It's that us. is how dope that looked. Yeah. you know, to me. Um, it's. It, I mean, shit, man. I. Yeah, fuck, it's good. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's it's also good. the way, how it ends. You know, it, uh, this is issue two, and it moves things along in a, in a way that I would... Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking this might be a three-issue series. I didn't realize that it was 12.
3: Well, because of the structure of it, too, though... First of all, this is a very challenging read in, in the way it's structured, but it's a yes. rewarding read. Hmm. Because of the way that it's structured, we got a climax at the end of issue two, but there's still tons more 30 well, sure. years of story to tell oh, yeah. in those other like time periods that they keep like switching back and forth on. So even though that's like the, even though that could potentially be the end of a character they're like we're still going to see everything that transpired up into that moment in the next 10 issues, which is just a great,
2: I assume really there's more idea. stuff said in that time period too. Right? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I there's, an, be,
3: there's but... an aftermath or it's a right. red herring either way. There's right. Right, there's a right. lot going on. And we're, I like that we're yeah. dancing around it. Like we could spoil it, but why? This is a great book. Yeah, read it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Get all the way to the end. If you start, finish it.
1: There is uh, kind of funny to me though that we were complaining a little bit that the future state futures don't seem very futuristic, and then we have this <laughs> also not futuristic at right, all. Right. It's very
2: present day. The future is not in the title of this one. You see. That's so true. That's true.
0: I mean, Although, well, but but what have to but to be fair. We haven't. What have we seen? We could really a trailer park. The far right. off yeah. future, right. exactly. The far off future we've seen is two old people in a, in a trailer park. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and and honestly, what is more likely to look like the future that trailer park or you know any of the freaking worlds that they've set up in Future State? Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm with it. I actually in my mind was. I had to remember that this wasn't future state. I was like, Oh, that's why this is Batman cat. Well, I think all right, all right. like
2: science fiction tends to remake the entire world when it is in the future, but in the world, as it progresses that we live in, that's really not what happens. Like we still have wooden things and like bottles <laughs> look the same as they did a while ago. Uh, you know, no, like it's that all kind of nano. Thing. <laughs> it's,
3: it's, it's all nanotechnology that forms itself. So you don't understand what future you're Yo, can I get. In.
2: Can I get some of that?
1: Um, We're into it, says, I am on board with Noel. She cares about people deeply, not just Batman, but you know, she is also a bad bish who is also a criminal. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, All right, let's move on to Rorschach number four, part of our Tom King corner uh, with art by Jorge Fornes. At last, it's time for Laura's story. The detective following Rorschach's trail turns his eyes towards the vigilante's female companion. Who is behind that domino mask, and what led her to team up with an old comic book creator to try to assassinate a controversial presidential candidate? These are the threads the detective must unravel, and they lead him to a circus sideshow, and the strongman she once convinced to kill for her. Um, this was the one for me. Uh, <laughs> This was Finally. the one that grabbed me. Finally. Wait, only my which direction? This. You were into it? Issue four. Issue four is the mm. one. Mm. Uh, one, two, and three were fine. I thought they were all very well done, but it did not emotionally resonate with me enough that I would be like, oh, I can't wait for the next issue. This has been more experience of like, oh, cool, that's that. I'll definitely read it. Um, and so now we've got Rorschach number four and something about this issue I really enjoyed. I really like this character, um, the, of the strong man and the way he tells his story. Um, I, I, I just, I enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, it's a whole, um, it, not an interrogation because he's already in, in a, a hospital, right? He's in sort of a mental institution or, or a prison. prison, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And What's it's just question? this conversation yeah. uh, that's happening inside the uh, inside the institution while he's coloring. Uh, so he's a little simple-minded, and there was just something really intriguing about this particular story and how it unfolds. And they also give sort of an explanation as to why she has other dudes dressing up as Rorschach, mm. uh, and I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah, I uh, mean,
3: no, well, um other dudes dressing up as uh in the first issue it was revealed that that was actually Walter Kovacs is like 80 something genetically uh-huh. so there's still some craziness going on but it it does absolutely explain her obsessions and how she in her own headcanon thinks that all of these people were all of these watchmen mm. characters were spread out and reborn mm. you know so she's looking for Rorschach and applying him to Susceptible people, which I, is just—it's so.
2: No, freaky. in the first issue, the the it was the the body was confirmed yeah. to be Walter Kovit. Goe- yeah, that was, like, that was yeah. like the reveal through DNA. DNA or something. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, um,
1: and then also follow suit because in the last issue we had the origin story of like her dad, yeah. right, and mm. his bonkers uh, way of thinking and That's how it. that has definitely influenced her.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting she kind of goes up like she and this guy were both fans of this Pontius Pirate comic, and then ultimately she like encounters the guy who uh, is, pon- is uh is the yeah. art- writer artist of that and Two issues ago. does he also see I guess it had you know, I just had forgotten that they was revealed that it was Walter. I thought it was him in the Rorschach costume in the first issue. Um, the Pontius Pirate guy. Oh, okay. Um, and that he was another guy like this. I got uh, a little bit of a vibe of, what's his name? Uh, I forget what his name was then, but John Henry Irons, Steel, uh, believed a very similar thing uh, when he first appeared in Reign of the Superman. He thought that he was Superman, you know, reborn in that body. Um, I Also, I didn't pay too much attention to the cover when I, I just, you know, got into the issue. That's cool, the Rorschach shadow. Um, of the guy with the barbells lifting off the barbells, it's a, it's well done.
3: Yeah, th- this, um, ah! this.
2: Yeah, that's book, pretty cool.
3: I love I love the slow burn of this, and a lot of times people will say that in a in a context of like just wait till the fifth episode. Hmm. Like, no, like it's it's still an engaging slow burn, and it's done in a way where this is a book that's very explicitly about Rorschach, but not at all about Rorschach. Like, hmm. you learn new things off of this. I don't like we've been following this detective for four issues and I still don't know his name because he's so almost so innocuous.
2: Or his favorite color. What's that about?
3: <laughs> he's always, he's, he's almost, he is just a conduit for the story, not actually um, there to progress it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's every single one of these issues so far has just been like one clue and he follows it and mm-hmm. learn one new piece of that information. And it's, it's just so engaging to me. I was I, like, with I really, JD really like
2: this. on this one. Like, I thought the first three were really good, but this one, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. Like, this is really, this is carrying me along in the story as opposed to being something that I mm-hmm. think is really well done and appreciate and, and like. But, yeah, um, I'm curious to see where it goes.
1: I love this. There is a one scene in here where our new Rorschach is dealing with one of, one of the classic Rorschach's villains... Um and he's Uh-oh. got him he's got him bound up and this guy is just monologuing out of the wazoo and <laughs> it's just the the end of it is so great. Uh I just loved it so much. Um just tosses him down the elevator shaft.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So
1: yeah. it's so great.
2: Um I liked also when the, when he gets caught. I thought there was a really interesting twist that um the guy seems like he has like he's out on parole. It, you know, he's, he's talking to his mom and he's saying, you don't have to worry anymore. I'm I'm out. I'm good. And Rorschach is about to kill him. And that's when the FBI burst in. Um, you know, so definitely not everyone that this Rorschach killed was necessarily uh, oh, yeah, yeah. deserving he's of he He's being
3: manipulated by a very yeah. unstable yeah, yeah. Um, woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who was like, controlled. Like, she essentially was just giving him targets. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And he was very okay with that. I'm doing this because I love her. And yeah, of course, of course, I must be Rorschach. She said so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 He still believes it even now, or he might, he's like, well, maybe I'm not, but somebody probably is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: It's a weird cult kind of um, mentality or understanding of things that are unexplained, uh, which is just, it's, it's, I watch too many documentaries. It's too real and too creepy.
2: I didn't, I'm not sure if there is that much to get, but the drawing at the end, that page that the last panel where, you know, he's he started a color and he messed it up and this one seems to be good. And the face, like the skin kind of is green, but there's red over the one side. I don't think that it's that in depth. I think it's just showing a kind of bloody nature of it. But did you guys yeah. read anything further into it?
1: Yeah, I was wondering that myself. He's like, oh, I did it. And the, the guy's face is covered in blood. And I think that, I don't know if that's just supposed to be indicative of, his mental health, his mental well-being, Maybe, um, yeah. and all the people he's killed. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know.
3: Yeah.
1: Um Len. Yes. <laughs> You've given this up for the trade paperback.
0: Um. Yes, I'm sorry, JD. Um. Um. Don't. Don't hate me, but I. Uh, I have read enough of Rorschach. Um, I'm glad that this was the issue that that locked you in, bruh. But I've been locked in since the first issue, and I just do not want to spoil anything more for the trade. So okay. I am, I am, I am all in on this. And, gotcha. and I, I looked at it; it looked beautiful. But I was purposely sitting far away so I couldn't even read what was happening on those pages. Um. I. I can't wait to check it all out.
1: In Noel's um, show notes here, he said, this has been the Tom King DC Corner. Cue outro music. Uh, Len, if yeah. you would.
2: Oh wait, now, hang on. You know what I think would be nice? Would it, like a way of, uh, you know, it maybe would make more sense to do the outro for the Tom King music before this. Right? it's just not how it played out. I would like to cap off <laughs> the Tom King thing.
3: <laughs> Did you look at the notes? I did. No, he didn't. You did.
1: <laughs> there's a notes There's a note section, Brian. Yeah. After this is promo block Q, Brian. Yeah.
2: All right. I'll tell you what. Let you. Let's let's get to this <laughs> theme music, and I, then we'll figure I, out I, I what kinda uh,
3: I'm talking. <laughs> I kind of called I kind of called this in the notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> theme music. Let's all move from Tom King corner and go over to our Patreon.
2: Hey, I think we should do what Len's saying.
0: Oh, Len is the
1: <laughs> smartest amongst us, so for sure. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to help the show out uh, and help, help me out, I'm having, I'm having a goddamn baby. Listen, I need it. Uh, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash help us out there. Um, if you don't have any money, because many people don't, this is, a, this is a rough situation out there, you can just hang out with us. Just you showing up and, and hanging out and maybe telling your friends about the show and commenting and click, clicking the subscribe button and, and liking all the posts and stuff. Every, every post, like every post. Um, that would be great. Uh, if you don't wanna do any of that stuff, that's fine too. Uh, we, we'll still be your friends, I promise. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash cultpopgo or facebook.com slash podcasts and hang out us hang out with us there. And uh, that would be wonderful. I can't tell you how much it means to us that you hang out with us and that some of you send us presents. Carl uh, Carl's friend of the show from Tasmania, Australia,
3: has been-
1: Sorry, I should have I should have given I should have done uh, given you the the go ahead. Um, he has, he has sent us several comic books from Australia, mostly um, Phantom, the Phantom. Thank mm. you. However, this week I received a package, a huge, huge box. And inside were four different separately wrapped Christmas presents, Hanukkah presents for Brian.
2: Uh, Although I also Uh, celebrate Christmas, which I meant to mention on our video, just for clarity's Um, sake.
1: (laughs) And we did a quick video of us opening the presents from Carl Carl's. I haven't, haven't had a chance to throw it up on YouTube. Hopefully I'll get around to it later today. Um, So thank you so much, Carl Carl's and thank you to everyone who listens and hangs out with us. It's just the best. Um, We really appreciate you. And, um, yeah, and I think we're planning on
2: reviewing it. one of those uh, next week on the show, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep.
2: Yeah. We're excited about that.
1: All right, uh, is that, oh wait, oh! I see, down here you've got Future State Next Batman, King in Black number four, Marvel Comics from Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Chapter mm. three, Thunder. After last issue's shocking finale, the heroes of the Marvel Universe are reeling Outgunned and outmanned, but never outdone, they unite and face Noel, God of the Abyss, as he ensnares the planet in the darkness of his reign. Superstars Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman continue to raise the game and the stakes for the Marvel Universe in this earth-shattering, epic, uh, uh, spoiler alert, the earth did not shatter. That is not what happened in this issue.
3: It's so shaking. just I be aware of that. It's, were they it's being trembling. Figured? What?
2: Every time, every time we say noel on this show
0: quick point of order. Um, it says on the scroll that this is King and Black number four, but it says on the cover oh, it's that three. this is King and Black Sorry. number yeah. three. I trust
2: this. I just wanted to make
0: sure. Actually.
1: okay. Oh yeah, it's King and Black number three. My bad. I got. I'll fix it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm. really enjoying King and Black. Yeah. Um, last issue, the finale was that uh, Eddie Brock was dead, and then in this issue. Thor gets stabbed through the chest and none of these things are having any emotional resonance with me I don't think that Eddie, uh, that Eddie Brock is dead yeah. I don't think that Thor is in any mortal peril There's just it seems like they're going above and beyond to like do these big crazy things and some of it seems a little silly to me like Eddie Brock falling from I don't know if it was the Empire State Building, but a very tall building, and then landing on a car, and then Spider-Man wraps up that man who has fallen and landed on his back, crumbling a car, in a web, and then is swinging that web in order to get, he's got him in a cocoon, and he's just ragtagging him all over the city to get him to Mr. Fantastic so that they can see if they can help him. It's a bunch of bunch of over the top stuff that normally I like from Donny Cates, but for some reason in this particular issue, it just or this series seems a little above and beyond and a little silly almost. Um, normally, I'm all about it. But you it, said but you liked
0: it, though. Would it?
1: I do like this. I'm just pointing out a couple of the little things where I'm just like, nah, that's a bit much.
0: Okay, I
2: yeah. agree. I think there is there is an element of a there's a, somewhat of a lack of resonance with some of these things because. It, I don't know, maybe it's just because I haven't been reading it, but, you know, Thor shows up and he gets stabbed through the back and I was like, at no point did I think that Thor was going to solve this problem mm-hmm. just because he's not like, he's just not positioned in the story to do that, and then he gets stabbed and at no point do I think that this will be that yeah. big of a issue for Thor, you know um, but that being that I said, play. I did still enjoy, like, I, I still think it's a fun you know, it's a fun story. It feels maybe not like the big event of the year, but uh, kind of like um, Empire, you know, So to me anyway. Um, just like it's something that was very massive in the story, uh, but occupies a fairly small corner of, of what is happening, I guess. So, But overall, I liked it.
1: There's also, I think, I uh, one of my problems with this issue was the fact that this kid, what is his name? Dylan. Dylan.
3: Dylan.
2: Dylan.
1: Dylan. He's got the ability to affect symbiotes, but now also he has the ability to
3: catch Cap's shield in
2: midair. Yeah, that was a little strange. Is he super strong in any um, way? Or? yeah,
3: yeah, okay. ish. So hmm. to me, like, I I, t- I read that whole panel as so it's it's hurling towards him with symbiote all over it, and he just almost like uh. whips it off and and it slows down, and he catches it. So like it's mm. it's doing the whole like foosh. Hmm. Like it, he, mm. it it didn't bother me. Uh, and everything that you guys said, I completely agree with. But it it didn't actually bother me. So mm. like the thing with Eddie Brock falling down, I'm reading Venom also, which kind of has issues in between these these event issues. Um, him falling off the building, he hits a couple things on the way down, and it was just like, man, all right. Him um, <laughs> uh, they they go out of their way in dialogue a couple of times to talk about how because he has been bonded with the symbiote longer than anyone else has he is a little bit more resilient and a little bit more aware inside the symbiote than other people would be um so they they try and talk their way out of him being a little bit more resilient than a normal human but it still is a little like all right you fell it hurts Hmm. um i'm glad that he died um the stuff that's happening while he's dead is really great uh it's happening in venom
2: wait did he die
3: yeah is he is dead
2: I thought that was part of your complaint, J.D., was that, is he not, like, in a hospital bed here somewhere?
3: Eddie Brock is dead.
2: Oh, okay. Um, okay. I wonder for how long.
3: Well, he's 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 inside the hive. So the, ah, the whole idea, like, his consciousness is inside the hive of okay. of symbiotes. And he has a little bit of autonomy inside of that hive because he has mm. been bonded with it more, longer than any other sentient being. Uh, he might so come out as
2: just symbiote at he the might. end of this, uh, that'd be pretty which, cool
3: which honestly mm. also has a precedence too because he lost his hand and the symbiote kind of created yep. a hand for him, so there's there's precedent for it, if that's actually what happens it'd be interesting uh, it'd be interesting in kind of like a what Iron Man kind of way where he's no longer human he's just yeah. an AI who remembers he's Iron Man yeah. you know.
1: I think there's a difference here, I'm sorry, you know what I'm going to throw it to Lynn.
0: No, oh, please, continue <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, I think there's a difference here between big and bombastic and crazy. Um, like the fact that Iron Man has Extremis and he uses Extremis to overtake one of the symbiote dragons and then uses that symbiote dragon to take over a celestial to fight another yeah. symbiote celestial. That shit is like big and crazy and fun and kind of metal. Hmm. Uh, but like, yeah, Eddie Brock falling from the top of the Empire State Building and landing on a car yeah. and being like, oh, I have to get him to the hospital. Motherfucker, he is goo. He's, he's his own <laughs> symbiote now. He's just made of blood. Bull- like that's just <laughs> it, yeah it's,
3: yeah it, there's a there's a difference between those two sorts of things it, it's a, it's a bit much to, to bite off i i don't disagree with you guys however because i've been I've, I've been with this in real time since issue one of this series i'm a little bit more forgiving because it's mm. just kind of been this tone the whole time i know jd you're caught up but you you catch up in like chunks and <laughs> i i've been absorbing it like almost like a slow steady drip for three years so it's just i i don't i'm admittedly very forgiving of the more wild aspects of this story, just because it's like, a, it's like, um, it's like a music artist that you like and, you know, like album five is not as great as album two, but you're just like, I still like that sound. It's cool. I, I'm I'm, di- I'm with it. Um, I like, I, I like that this is culminating in something. Uh, like, cause now that we know that this will be the end of their run. So, if, if this was another just absolute carnage where it's just like, hey, let's set up another thing that's coming in a year and let's set up another thing that's coming in a year. I like, the, I like at least the idea of they're calling their shot. Like, no, 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 this is the end. This is like whatever happens after this is fine, but we're ending here. This is our big culmination. So it almost at least gives me some stakes in the back of my head that maybe something – like it may not stick for whatever writer comes next. But this will be a, a bookend. So I, I, I am kind of enjoying it a little bit more knowing because I love endings. I uh, love action f- endings.
1: Action figure expert has asked, uh, how long do you think until Eddie Brock
3: returns? Issue 200. <laughs> no, really? uh, uh, issue five. The end of four. Oh, yeah. this was a great <clears> ending. <throat> t- like they're pulling in all the cool stuff from Donnie Kate's other like cosmic books. You've got yeah uh, Silver Surfer showing up in the last uh, panel, which I thought was rad. With Silver Surfer Crows, Black. Uh, from Asgard. Yeah. last we saw him he was on asgard
2: yeah. well uh thor sends them earlier right uh, like when in the, in yes, the to book go
3: book. get them right yeah.
2: mm-hmm. Hugin yeah. and munin
3: oh thank uh, the, you uh, the uh, and and uh, i think somebody online too i like oh they killed thor no one's talking about it. like they didn't kill, they didn't thor, kill thor you weirdo yeah. you never yeah. you never read a comic book
2: they <laughs> it's not him. even through the heart part of his chest. <laughs> He'll yeah, be fine.
3: He's fine. Like, as guardians are super hard to kill, it's fine. Yeah. He, like yeah. he's been impaled so many times.
2: Going to the Thor sleep, which I assume he needs to do oh, sometimes right. now. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, he's still cosmic powered too. Yeah. Like, we're not. Oh. Like, we're fine. Oh yeah. He's right, okay. yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
3: He Thor. murdered Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good book.
2: So, yeah. so Len,
0: you don't. You don't. You didn't. Did you not read I it? Mean, I, I read it. I read the book. Um, as I've said before, it's big, it's dumb, um, but it's not for me. But if you are like Noel and you've been reading this all along and this is the culmination of that line for you. So that's g- great. If you like big, dumb, bombastic things like uh, Iron Man playing Rock'em Sock'em Robot with somebody, then have fun. Which is an uh, actual so- line.
2: Yeah. It's an actual. He's line not being the, reductive. So that's an actual line. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. So, it, 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 God bless. the this, The weird part about it for me is that as much as I don't care about this, and I don't, um I found myself a couple. We've 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 reviewed them. There have been a couple of the side pieces that I found myself. Yeah. Like, and this was fun. Like the black cat, yeah, Who knew, like, that was was, great. Like, like the black cat would be fun. And then like, there was that short story with the Hulk, you know? So, uh, it was so you wonderful. know, yeah. So the, the, there have been moments in here where I was like, ah, this can make for some interesting stuff. And on, on the whole, it's just not for me, but God bless. Go with God. <laughs> Enjoy your garbage.
3: It's delicious. <laughs> They're empty calories. I will completely admit that, but sometimes you just want a Twinkie.
1: Uh, so Hal twenty eight fourteen is commenting, and he says, "No, after seeing your review of Avengers forty one on the Thunder Round that you did this week, I picked up forty and forty one, and was so much fun and way better than Death Metal, which I liked, which was like Absolutely. not a fun read."
3: Um, can, which is yeah. can I can I give him content? I don't know if you guys got to see the Thunder Round, but I made a point that the avengers ongoing is doing the same thing that dc death metal tried to do which was take these huge bombastic ideas and throw them at the wall um however it always felt crazy disconnected from actual dc comics like it wasn't connected at all it was it was like it was happening over here and it kind of matters but it doesn't because everything matters whereas I'm, in, get that in sense avengers at all
2: though, from metal. Huh. I didn't get that sense at all from Death Metal, though. That was like... Tonally, it was completely
3: disconnected from anything uh, that was going on at DC at the same time. Well, I guess. Um, kind of like Tuesday clock. Yeah, completely disconnected. Right. Hey, it's um, own little bubble. Yeah. And they just said after the fact that it all actually is connected. But, um, mm-hmm.
1: but I but not like that.
3: In Avengers, it's, it's happening in real time, and it, it feels like an event book every arc, but it doesn't feel disconnected from all these characters and the phases that they're currently in in continuity. So it does feel like an event book every, every six months. And it's really, really fun. Um, Like the, the current arc with, with um, the Phoenix is wild. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen them do stuff like this with the Phoenix before. And it's just
2: fun. It's really cool. It does look cool. The art, like the, you know, solicits that I've seen or whatever. Yeah.
3: yeah like uh, they're, yeah. it's essentially a battle Royale with a bunch of selected characters. The Phoenix has sentience. So it picked, like 12 people from the Marvel Universe, all heroes and villains, and it was just like, fight for it. Um, so you've got characters that don't want it, that do want it, they all get phoenixed up and they go through these little battles. But everybody from Black Panther to Howard the Duck, it's wild and it's weird and it's pretty freaking great.
1: Yeah, Jason Aaron has uh, is having a lot of fun with that. Oh, yeah. Action Figure Expert says, let me rephrase, how do you guys think Eddie Brock will return?
2: I think it will be in that way that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Having read very little of this stuff, so there could be stuff that I don't know, but just from The King in Black, Noel said Eddie Brock's consciousness is somewhere in a symbiote hive that exists. I think he will find his way out from that. Now, whether he will somehow be reborn in a human body and come out of the hive like that, that's possible, but I'm still leaning to he spends a little time as a... Like, he and the Venom symbiote are are one now. And, what, and the,
3: whatever the, happens, whatever does revive him, because he's kind of come back, I I pray that they do the same thing with Flash Thompson. Because uh, he's been dead yeah. for a while, and he actually, yeah. like, throughout the whole run of Venom, there are many instances where Eddie Brock is like, I, I shouldn't have this job. Flash is so much better. I should mm. try and be like Flash. Like, they've been seeing mm. all of this stuff with him returning, and then they just kind of almost almost brought him back recently. Hmm. So I, I, I kind of, I really want Flash Thompson back. go Dan Slott should never have killed him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right, let's move on to the final book of the week. And that is going to be Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, number one from Marvel Comics, written by Larry Hama, uh, art by David Wachter, Wachter. 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 An Iron Fist epic from legendary creator, Larry Hama of G.I. Joe, one of the first comics I read when I was a kid. Someone is killing the ancient dragons that power the heavenly cities, and only Iron Fist and the deadly weapons can stop them, if they can discover who they are in time. Zombie armies, mystical portals, dragon hearts, some of the Marvel Universe's deadliest fighters all converge in one action-packed extravaganza, and the fate of all worlds hangs in the balance. I really enjoyed this. I had little to no interest. It has has dropped with little to no fair fanfare. And I was really surprised that I enjoyed this as much as I did. I think some of the dialogue is a little stilted, a little strange. Um, Some of it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the overall story I think is really fun. And I like that we get a bunch of characters um, that I haven't seen in a hot minute, like
2: Luke Cage,
1: mm. babysitting. Um, but like, where's Jessica? I guess Jessica's at home with the other baby.
2: Yeah, and is that not ba- Luke Cage's daughter? I no. thought it was no. up until like halfway through the story when she starts fighting and calls him Luke.
0: No, that's not. Yeah, uh, that's, that's Iron Fist's daughter. I think. Iron Fist's daughter. His, uh, well, he's got a ward. Uh. Well, yeah. Um,
3: in the last in the last Iron Fist series, they introduced her. Her name is Pei. She also oh. can wield the iron fist. Um, oh. She's a daughter. She's a daughter of Kunlun, and um, she she has some sort of power. She actually revived all the dragons, all oh. the, the city's dragons. Um, so that little pet dragon is actually a baby version of the one that Danny previously took the heart of to become the Iron Fist. No, oh, so it's, this huh. isn't. This is 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 it me or is this weirdly a wonderful all ages book? It's a weird family mm-hmm. kind of. It's you, family you got this
2: guy on, on screen right now, the, the older fellow yeah. with the giant pack who is he seems like is he, he like would fit right I in.
3: Is- he's the grandpa monster.
2: So, yeah, and he's uh, like, you yeah. go ahead, like I could do it, but I'm kinda tired right now. Well he reminds <laughs> me
1: of like a Miyazaki character, like from um, yeah.
2: yeah, Not yeah, Spirited Away.
1: That. Princess Mononoke, the little guy. Um mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought the fantasy elements of this were—that's what really drew me in. Um, they were—they were really well done. You know, the—the the, when he goes into the what is the Undercity or something of that nature, um, very, very well blended. You know, and I, I know they're pretty core to Iron Fist, but I don't know that much about Iron Fist, and he generally seems to be a guy who has, you know, the Iron Fist power, but he doesn't really deal too much in like he doesn't go into mystical worlds. Or maybe he does, and I just don't know about
0: Yeah, well, like, other Not three,
2: deep. Well, well, what was that one?
0: I was going to say, he's not a mystical character. Yeah. I mean, he, he touches on yeah. it. Yeah. And, but.
3: and uh, like, uh, to to double down on that, like, uh, a good point that a lot of other writers, at least in modern storytelling with Iron Fist, have done, they've gone out of their way to ground him away from the mystical elements and almost hide them and just, like, mm. be coy about them. Mm-hmm. What I liked about this book is that it swerved right the fuck into yeah, it. Yeah. It yeah, it does. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, this is magic. Yeah, Here's dragons, think, here's babies. Here's, like,
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes Iron Fist an interesting character. I don't have a lot of experience with this guy. Um, I've dipped in here and there. Uh, I usually like him when he is teamed up with Luke Cage. That, mm. to me, is an interesting dichotomy of the two of them and their friendship and the way they bounce off of each other. So Iron Fist by his onesies never has really um, interested me. And I think that the, the mystical elements are part of the charm of this character. And I think I I was really tickled that Lady Bullseye shows up and Taskmaster. I just, it's a great way to use lesser known, lesser used characters and have fun Mm. with them. yeah, I thought this was and the art is really
2: nice. The art is really good. Oh
0: man. It's, yeah, that's yeah. that's what drew me yeah. in. The art uh, the artwork on this was uh what's his name? David Wachter. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is some hidden stuff. Yeah. Like the 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 movements, um the panel layouts, the storytelling, everything because I could give a about Iron Fist, um, but I found myself like you, like I like engaged in this comic book. And when I heard that Luke Cage was going to be babysitting, yeah. I was like, "Wait a minute, he's got his own kid." I'm like, well, "What the hell's going on here? Like, why is he babysitting?" But you know, what the whatever, whatever the hell, like yeah. I'm like, "All right, I mean, Danny do needs
2: a needs a hand." You know, hey, well, I out. mean,
0: well, no, he should be helping out Luke Cage. He's a more substantial character to me, what? but it's whatever. Um, but like I also in their personal like, lives.
2: He's like, yeah. listen, uh, Danny, you should really be helping me out. I'm much more
0: popular. Yeah, so look, I,
3: My show was much more popular. I think you need to come and help with Danielle. This
0: is not. Well, this make sense. of course, that, of course, that's when Danny says, like bruh, we're both canceled. Really? Like, shut up. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, but but I also appreciate it, like y'all said, like the the leaning hard on the mystical element of it because, especially in today's climate, in today's society, the origins of Iron Fist can come off of very problematic. Yeah. And I think leaning into the mystical and away from the martial arts aspect of him is a way of maybe trying to ground him in something that's maybe a little bit more palatable, yeah, they, especially considering how much of a play they're going to be making with the Shang-Chi character. In the, in the um, show, In the show, they do.
3: Poorly, I, I I did watch both seasons of the TV show and I wanted to like it more than I did the second season was was metric ton better than the first season but the way that they tried to reframe those problematic um aspects of the character they they tried to reframe it in so much as not he's not a white savior anymore he was an other in a land mm-hmm. uh, on the, so he was the minority they did it terribly but it was an yes. admirable reframing. Like he's not this magical white guy that comes in and saves everybody. He's more like no, no, no. He was he was the the put upon failure that just so happened. Well, to. doesn't
2: in his normal story, doesn't he like he doesn't save K'un Lun. He like learns from them and then goes back to America. Right?
0: Is yeah, that his? Original? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> but,
3: it's, but it's like rejoice that this. Magic yeah. child fell from the sky to become a oh, uh, like, warrior. Oh, yeah, he's posited
0: as like the chosen one. Uh, you know what so. I mean? Like
3: and in, yeah. in the in the current stuff and in the show, it was more of chosen despite himself. Like mm-hmm. he just learned he like he he went along with everything to survive and be trained and he just mm-hmm. ended up doing it all the mm-hmm. way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um this I wanna go back to the art. I like it sold me. Panel one, page one, the design of Danny, his costume with, mm-hmm. with the yeah. tattoo peeking out to complete yeah. the dragon. Yeah. Because this is one of the worst costumes in comics, but it's still great. And a lot of artists have either have done well and done terribly with it. And this like mm-hmm. this takes the old costume, but does something really, really fun with it, with the mm-hmm. with the neckline. I'm still a bigger fan of the tracksuit. Like, I think he should just keep the tracksuit forever. But this was still a really fun redesign. It's a classic suit, yeah.
2: Hey, did you guys notice that Taskmaster uh, apparently lied to <laughs> Danny Rand? He's like, you know, my job was to get the Dragon Heart, but I bet I get a nice bonus if I kill you too. And then later on, Lady Bullseye is like, who's supposed to kill Danny Rand? Also, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Yeah,
0: interesting. He didn't read. Huh. He, he didn't read the fine print. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's
2: like, dragon heart? Got it. He was already gone. He doesn't doesn't (laughs) read contracts.
0: (laughs) I I really like,
1: it takes a minute to give us this page of um, Luke playing hide-and-go-seek with the little girl and the dragon, and just these two panels of him looking under the wrong cushion, even though the tail is poking out, and you can see the little... The smirk of the dragon. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so well hit. I'm really, I'm killing this game. This is great. And then you've got the little girl, and she's under a lampshade, and she is laughing so hard that she is quivering. <laughs> she's shaking and, yeah. and It's just what a perfect like as someone who's having a kid soon. Like this feels a lot like uh, hopefully and what's what I'm in store for.
3: The jokes work too because Luke Cage is the most stoic, immovable character. So hmm. right. juxtaposing him against this, like, a magic baby dragon hiding in couch cushions while this little iron fist laughs in the corner yeah. is yeah. just so ridiculous it makes the joke work. Like, he's the ultimate and best straight he guy. He definitely...
2: I'll tell you, Luke Cage definitely seems like the kind of guy who's, like, you know, a tough, stoic, badass, but when there is a little kid around or something, you yeah, know, like, go, he'll man. be down on the yeah. floor playing with him. Yeah, yeah. Of
0: course. Oh, but absolutely. But the thing... But the thing is, is that also, if you know a little bit about the character, that still makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because even if you didn't get the sense that he was like, you know, like, you know, Uncle Fun Guy Mm -hmm. at home, Mm -hmm. it makes sense in that he's already had a kid a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. He's been Mm -hmm. there. So he knows he knows what's happening here. This is just an extension of like, this is what I probably would be doing at home with my daughter yeah, yeah. or ha- did when she was younger. So it, it's great. And how 2014 uh, says Larry Hama is still writing comics. I used to read his run on GI Joe as a kid. And that's yeah. where uh, Larry Hama broke, his, you know, made his bones as a writer. And almost every time that he returns to the scene, they give him something worth uh, uh, of note to write. He always gives you solid storytelling mm-hmm. and tries to come up with something original. Didn't, he, um, didn't he, uh,
2: did he write a G.I. Joe that we reviewed for the show? Um, Reese, it was like one of the only G.I. Joe's that we've not recently. It was a long time ago. Uh, I, I had the same experience as how I, I tend to say 2A14 in my head. Um, it, I was surprised that he was that he was still around. But yeah, I totally agree with you. Len.
3: Yeah, he, he's um, he's he's one of the elder statesmen of comic books that just kind of pops in and out. I think he's actually still writing uh, a GI Joe book for IDW right now.
2: Did he? Was he the guy who was writing Transformers when it first came to Marvel? Because if so, then he was the one that created like the names Optimus Prime and that kind of thing. I know that was created in the Marvel series. Okay.
0: No, no, I think um, I think we. Uh, d- 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 Denny O'Neill, I think. Didn't we read where he created Optimus Prime's name? Was it
2: Denny O'Neill? I know it was whoever yeah. was writing that Marvel series, but, or it was he in the Marvel series. Who knows? <laughs> but he, whatever, he probably, but he
0: may have come up with a whole bunch of them. I yeah. think he may have been writing Transformers. Yeah, they apparently, he was kind like yeah, of like, yeah, because videos. he was like their big properties guy, mm, if I remember. Okay. Because that's how it became famous because of doing the G.I. Joe. I kind of remember him being a properties mm. guy. Not my wheelhouse. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But
1: yeah, uh, it was basically uh, a couple of issues of Spider-Man and G.I. Joe, the the comic book G.I. Joe that got me reading the comic books. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the stuff that Larry Hama did with those characters that had no personalities and he had to just come up with everything whole cloth. Holy Mm -hmm. shit. Like, it was just action figures. And then he gave them all life, man. They're Mm -hmm. all different characters. Uh, So what a great series. The first hundred issues of G.I. Joe were just awesome. Mm.
0: Um, think, think how those characters are still resonating with us yeah, today, yeah, you know? Yeah, and Everybody keeps trying to return to the source material. That's Larry Hama's source material. Yeah. Oh. There you go.
1: The Arashikage clan, son. Um, and then Todd Engel says, boo to killing Tiger's beautiful daughter in only one panel, though. Mm. Uh, they, they did mention that. Is that
2: a pre-existing character or somebody that we just met now? Oh, also, Kuan Yin is an actual figure in Buddhism. I believe she's a bodhisattva, somebody who could achieve nirvana oh. but chooses to keep being reincarnated to that's, help other people.
3: Yeah, it's it, we don't even see the death. It's actually just she just brings the body. Oh, okay,
0: that's the end. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm glad to hear. I'm first of all, I'm just happy to hear. I'm sorry for Tiger's beautiful daughter. You know, you know, I don't want to see nobody die, but because she. Not being aware of the character, look like Electra. I was like, "Oh God, are we bringing Electra back into?" <laughs> like, can we- I thought it was
2: Electra like, first just- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: God, man, is she just a live to die? Like, what the hell, man? I was
2: like, but she's doing her thing over in Daredevil now. <laughs> He's
3: are- okay. alright. Like- yeah. I I have to go back and read it. Um, but the the the, the Matt Fraction Brubaker Iron Fist, all of these characters kind of origin, some originated in there. The the other warriors from each of the hidden cities. The the oh hey hey there mm-hmm. um so like the the dog catcher dog father dog, I, f- I forget the name but there was um dog the brother. guy that the guy that they found in under underworld or under city that is now a part of the clan like he's one of the iron fists for another city and then there's the tiger's daughter is one and there's the fat cobra there's the Lady of Spiders or something like that. Like, there's a bunch of warriors for each of the hidden cities.
2: Oh. And it looks... Like, they're like, Iron Fist is their analog yeah. in his Yeah, so okay.
3: each city has mm. an Iron Fist, a protector, each of mm. the hidden cities. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So
1: it's, uh, right, here, oh, here...
3: I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, so whatever, whatever these hidden... Uh, like, it, it seems as though they're setting up somebody is collecting all of the mm. dragon hearts from each of the cities, so we're hopefully gonna see all of the other Protectors and kind of like a big, crazy story.
1: Yeah, that's what I was getting to from that. Uh, I don't have any of that history with Iron Fist. I didn't read the Ed Brubaker stuff, even though I heard it's really good. Um, I just never got around to it. But that's that's what I'm gaining from this first issue. Uh, I mentioned the dialogue earlier, and Iron Fist and Taskmaster are having a tête-à-tête while they're fighting. Um, And Taskmaster says, why trust luck when I have skill and the will to use it? Immortal is a fallacious, honorific at best. Thwam! And he kicks him. And then uh, Danny is falling, and he says, and your poultry tally may be presumptuous.
2: That was a little, you know, (laughs) don't count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah. That was, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was... uh... There was some acrobatics.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, And then he says it, he references it again in a slightly better way, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just, it's like, that was one of the, the back and forths. I was like, what, what are you, what's, why are you writing this? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs>
2: like a martial yeah. artist than a quipster.
0: Just punch <laughs> him. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> 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 um, is that it? Is that, is that the books? I think
2: All the books. that's it.
0: Uh, real nice. quick, just because I saw an action figure expert put it on there in the chat that uh, Larry Hammer never had anything to do with the Transformers, mm-hmm. and I looked it up, and he was correct. Uh, uh, it looks like the original run of the Transformer I think was written by Bob uh, Budiansky, B oh. u uh, d i i i a n s k y. I've heard that
2: name around uh, from uh, you know like a lot from that era, but I couldn't tell you mm-hmm. anything that he that he had done.
0: I
3: I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to reading the rest of this series. Yeah, I me mean, too. It's, it's, a, it's, just, it's yeah. just gonna be like, I think it's just like a five or six issue mini. I mean, oh, that's really? great. This is great, cool. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, all right, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the videos, do all that stuff. Write about us in your diary. Do that thing where like, you write your first name and then our last name in cursive all over your your, your diary. diary. Um, and Draw hearts
0: around it. Yeah.
1: Turn on notifications so you don't miss our midweek thunder rounds. I've been your host, Johnny Destructo. You can visit me at my comic book store at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. We do subscriptions, mail-outs, contactless pickup, everything you need. Also, Brian!
2: Hi. Hi. I'm at uh, brianleapdesign.com.
3: Great. And Noel? Oh, I'm uh, anywhere on the Cold Pop live feeds, but then on Twitter at Mr MrBartochi.
0: And Len? Hey, you can check me out every place you check out the Black Tribbles at Black Tribbles on all social media and YouTube as well. All right, and we will
1: see you here next Sunday at ten thirty a.m. where we will be discussing a book club
3: book, which is *Noel: The Vision* by Tom King and Gabriel Walter. So our Tom King corner is going to be a little longer next nice. week. A
2: nice, and will we talk
3: corner. about *Vision* the TV series? V- oh, Vision? you know, I, we could double it up if you
1: like.
2: Yeah, we could yeah. talk a little bit about that.
1: Nice, um, and that is it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We love you and we will talk at you later.
3: Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including
1: the
2: Cannibal Horror Cast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And gutter talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny
1: Destructo's Hero Complex in Yanyang PA.